Food is fuel for your body, your mind, and definitely your sport. But let's face it, nutrition is confusing and the expectations on girls and women to be thin and have a six pack are exhausting. If you've ever been frustrated with your body, confused about nutrition, obsessed with eating healthy or guilty when you don't, underate, overate, or overtrained and overwhelmed with all the pressure, then this podcast is for you. Nutrition can be easy. You can take control of it, but it might start with letting go of control by asking for help and making a change. I'm Lindsay Elizabeth Cortez, sports dietitian and owner of Rise Up Nutrition, where I empower female athletes to overcome nutrition concerns and perform at their highest level, to stop being confused by all the mixed or harmful messages, and finally have confidence in your body as a fierce, fit, and fueled female athlete. Today's episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker and supported by Orgain and Practice Better. Stay tuned to hear more about these amazing companies that I'm partnered with. But for now, let's get to the conversation. Hello, fans and listeners. It's Lindsay Elizabeth Cortez, your host of the podcast. I'm here today with a guest, Raquel Velez. She is the founder and CEO of Alpine Parrot, an outdoor apparel company that caters specifically to people of size and people of color. She brings with her almost two decades of engineering experience, having received her degree in mechanical engineering from Caltech, worked and studied as a robotics engineer, and eventually shifting over to the software engineering and engineering management. Now, as an apparel engineer, she's creatively tackling one of the oldest and most polluting industries by creating sustainable, inclusive clothing for a market of people who have so often been neglected in the outdoor space. As a plus-size Latina who discovered her love for the outdoors later in life, Raquel has put an incredible amount of careful consideration into the design of each product, focusing on great fit and quality construction. She was named one of Outside Magazine's Outsiders of the Year in 2021. Raquel, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm super excited to be here today. (laughs) I'm actually shocked that I'm so excited for this conversation because I'm somebody who would not call myself like a fashionista. I really like, I hate shopping. Like my favorite store is TJ Maxx because it's five minutes down the road. So I don't even go in the dressing room. I pick things up, bring them home. If they don't fit, I go return them because I just don't even want to like deal with that. Right. Um, but your, um, but for you, like clothing, it has a purpose. It has a mission. And I think it's very, very inspiring. So I'm, I'm so excited to dive into this with you, but let's, let's start again. Cause your, your clothing company is for active wear, outdoor apparel. So I just kind of wanted to start learning a bit about you and your journey with being active and in sports and outdoor adventures. Yeah. No. Okay. So first of all, not a fashionista either. I hate (laughs) shopping. (laughs) And I think that's actually one of the major reasons why I started my own brand, but let's, let's rewind. And so my family is from Puerto Rico. I know we have a little bit of a commonality there, um, but we can get into that later. But I did not grow up outdoorsy, but I was definitely very active. Like I was super into sports. I played basketball and volleyball, Those were my like two big, big sports in high school. And and it's just the idea of actually like the outdoors though was completely foreign to me. I like to joke that because my family is from Puerto Rico, the idea of voluntary sleeping on the ground, sorry, voluntarily sleeping on the ground outside in the cold was not like 
my family's definition of success. That was just yeah. a thing that you do when you have nothing else. And yeah. growing up in the United States, I was just kind of, it, it shocked me when I saw all these people like voluntarily doing that. Like they're like, yeah, we're going to go camping. I'm like, why? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I was talking to someone the other day and she, she summed up perfectly. She was like, why would you voluntarily get dirty? Like that's, that's something that we're supposed to strive to not be. And, and so it's, it's very interesting thinking about it from the cultural perspective. And also like, just to kind of give another perspective here, the island of Puerto Rico is beautiful. It is, it is Mm -hmm. so nature rich and incredible. But this idea of like, when you explore it, it's kind of spontaneous. I don't know if you've, if you've had a chance to go to the island, but like, you just kind of one day are like, I'm going to go to El Junque. Like that's like the jungle or I'm going to go to the beach or let's go to the mountains. Let's just go that day. The idea of like planning out a trip to sleep outside and you've got like your meal plan and your the pack of the weight of your pack and all that stuff. It's just like, that sounds like a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. It is a lot of effort. It's a, yeah. it's a ton of effort. I went backpacking for the first time last summer and I was like, this is way fun, but uh, a lot of effort. <laughs> Can't we just go when we feel like it? And I recognize not everybody has that opportunity. So that that's anyway, lots of things to think about on that front. Well, and I'll pause you for a moment because this yeah. is really interesting. I don't think this is specific to Puerto Rico, no. but I did share with you via email beforehand that my husband is Puerto Rican. Um, he never lived there, but culturally that's very ingrained in him and his family. And when we got together, vacations for him were hotel resort, something nice. And I was the opposite. I was like, no, vacations for me are adventure. Let's go on a hike. Let's like get dirty. And as you were kind of explaining that, like maybe some of the cultural differences of what is success for him, success is I made it. I'm going to get something nice. I'm going to treat myself. And like my version of vacation success, like let's relax was like, let's go on this six mile hike and like (laughs) get dirty. Right. Like it was, so those were definitely for the two of us, cultural differences. So I can totally understand that background for you of, even though you were into sports, like something like going camping or backpacking wasn't right. You know, something that you did growing up at least. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it wasn't until, and, and it's funny because my, my husband is white. And so when we got together, he was like, yeah, let's, let's go hiking. And I was like, I mean, I've gone for nature walks. Let's go on a walk through nature. That sounds fun. And he had a dog. So he was like, the dog needs to go for a walk. Let's take her in the woods. And I was like, okay, well, the dog needs the walk. Let's go with the dog. <laughs> but I mean, I totally just fell in love with the, the solitude, the quiet. It like, I very much leaned very strongly, like as an engineer and specifically in software engineering, you're sitting there at a computer all the time, you know, click clacking on the keyboard and you have to make an effort to go outside. It's just, especially in in our society, our culture of our American culture of work, 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 work. You need to push yourself to go outside. And when we got married and moved to California, he was like, let's go to the mountains. And I was like, you know what? I haven't seen mountains in the same way since I, you know, would go to Puerto Rico. Like I love mountains. I just love seeing them. And I was like, yeah, let's go take a look. (laughs) So (laughs) we went to Lake Tahoe and he was like, I want to learn how to ski. 
And I was like, that's a terrible idea. I mean, first of all, Puerto Ricans are allergic to snow. I mean, these are the stupid stereotypes that we grow up with. And Mm -hmm. also you have bad knees. So if you get hurt, you're going to be alone on the mountain and I won't be there to rescue you because I don't know, somehow I have this saviorism as well. And so obviously I should come with you. And we should take a lesson because the idea of us just learning this very complicated sport seems like a terrible idea. And so (laughs) the thing about starting a new sport, and I think this is universally true, it takes a lot of money to get serious into a sport, right? Like whether it's, I mean, even like something as, as basic as running, like running shoes, running shorts, running tanks, running underwear, like all of that costs money all the way up to these really extreme sports like skiing or I mean, I would never be a base jumper, but if I were, that would be very, very expensive or, you know, so like there's, it always costs money to do something new in a safe and comfortable way. But when you're first learning, you'll just kind of use whatever you've got available. So I went and did my first ski lesson in sweatpants under rain pants and a hoodie under a raincoat. And then I like borrowed or rented everything else, you know? And I was just like, yeah, whatever. This is just a one-time thing. We're going to get it out of his system. And then we're going to leave the mountain and never do this again. We're just going to sit inside in the very nice Airbnb, sipping hot cocoa and looking outside in the snow. Like that sounds great to me. Yeah. <laughs> I fell in love. I absolutely fell in love with skiing. <laughs> it was the most amazing experience. I... It was like a light switch went off. I just remember feeling like I was flying and just flying down the little bunny slope, right? Like it's, it's just a little thing, but I just felt so free and it was so exciting. And I had dreams afterwards of the wind flying in my face. I was, I was like, I got to go back. <laughs> We're going to have to go back, honey. Cause I, this was, this was like a drug to me. And so that kicked a lot of things off for me. Like I, I just, we started skiing as often as we could and I have never missed a ski season since then. Wow. That was my intro. That was like my gateway sport to the outdoors. Cause it was skiing. And then whenever there wasn't any snow, we would go hiking in the mountains. If we couldn't go, if we couldn't get to the mountains, I would go rock climbing nearby. Cause my coworkers were into climbing and I was like, that sounds fun. And then the pandemic hit and my husband convinced me to go glamping which then he was like, and then, you know, you could go camping. And then I was like, okay. And then I had friends at that point who were like, if you liked glamping, you'll probably like, and you like hiking, you might like backpacking. (laughs) And I was just like, yes, yes, yes. And so like, I just became like super outdoorsy over the last 10 years or so. It's been such a cool and fun adventure. And yeah, absolutely. It is it. so fun. And and I love just that your story, you know, started with, okay, I don't think I'm going to like this, but I'll, I'll do it. I'll say yes for the day, you know, to go skiing. And there are barriers, like, like you mentioned, getting into sports, like even though, even with running, something as simple as running of just leave your house and go for a run, like you, you do need shoes and those are expensive. And like for women, like sports bras that like fit in our comfortable, yes. like 
No, so it does cost money. And then, yeah, talk about something like skiing. Like, that's a lot more expensive. So it can be challenging. I really appreciate, though, of just, you know what, put on the sweatpants and the raincoat, make it work, and just try it. Try it. And then it's something that if this works out, like, we can figure out a way to invest in this or to make it a priority. So I just love your story of just saying yes, being open to it, and look where it's taken you so many other places. Goodness, it has completely changed my life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. For the better, I think. I I really, really do think. So yeah, that's... And, And one of the ways that it changed your life, not only for the better of like being outdoorsy and enjoying that, you know, stepping away from the computer all the time probably making new friends and things like that too, but is that then it it was the motivation and inspiration behind you starting an apparel company, like you yes. kind of mentioned with this, this skiing clothes. Yeah. There's like, I didn't have that, right? Right. So I guess if you could just share with our listeners, you know, and I shared a little bit in your bio, of course, but like, what was, what was your inspiration for like, I need to start this, yeah, a, you know, a, apparel company what was your inspiration and where, where did that stem from for you? Yeah, definitely. So let's see. So first of all, another universal truth is that, at least in my experience, every single person I've talked to, the two worst things to buy are jeans and swimsuits. Everybody hates buying jeans mm-hmm. and swimsuits. It's just the worst. It's just hands down the worst. I got so sick and tired. I love jeans. I love, love jeans, but I got so tired of buying jeans and they would fall apart within six months because my thighs touch and you know, that the, the rubbing right in the inner thigh would just break down jeans so fast, especially the really expensive ones, which just never, I never understood it. And so I was like, okay, I have a degree in mechanical engineering. Surely I can figure out how to make my own jeans. And, um, but I had never known engineers brain exactly. works. So just, I can figure this out. Yeah, Doesn't I can figure this out. What... How hard could it be? I mean, that's, it's the thing that gets us into trouble, but also gets us in, uh, to do really interesting things. So I, I basically was like, okay, how hard could it be to learn how to make a pair of jeans? Well, the first thing I should do is learn how to sew. And hilariously, the exact same weekend that I learned to ski, I went to my very first sewing class and I oh, made wow. a pillow and I was like, cool. Pillow, super easy. Next stop, jeans. <laughs> and the, uh, the instructor was like, uh, good luck with that. Um, we're rooting for you. And so the thing is that like, so I started with that and then I, I started to learn how to sew clothing. And if you've ever gone to like a Joann's or a local arts and crafts store, you'll, you'll see patterns and things. The problem with those patterns though is that in the same way that ready to wear is difficult, we can get into this more the designer of that pattern had a very specific body shape in mind when they developed that pattern. And so the nice thing about sewing your own clothes is that you can learn how to make adjustments to the patterns to fit your body just right. My problem though, is I'm very impatient. I'm one of the least patient people you will ever meet, at least when it comes to like making things. And so I was like, well, I'm an engineer. Surely I can figure out how to make my own patterns. And so I learned how to make my own patterns. Uh, I start, well, I started learning online and then there was this teacher online who just so happened to have a class. Like she had her own pattern making school, not two blocks away from me, from my work. So I just, I went ahead and I know like how, how hilarious is that? (laughs) Yeah. And so then I, I joined that pattern making school and for the next couple of years learned how to make my own patterns that fit my body. And let me tell you, when you have clothes that actually fit, 
It is a game changer. Your confidence goes up. Your excitement for life get, goes up. It, it doesn't sound like it. Cause you're like, especially those of us who are not fashionistas, we're like, whatever, like, what's the point? It's just clothing. But if you've grown up in bigger bodies, like I have, uh, you get used to things fitting poorly and you just assume that that's how clothes are supposed to fit. And then when you find some, when you actually put something on that actually fits your body, you're like, I have been missing out on a lot in my life. <laughs> this is yeah. amazing. So, um, through that program there, you know, not only were we learning how to make patterns, but there are also different classes. And one of the classes I took was on brand development and, and the history of fashion sort of thing. And the idea was that at the end you present an eight piece line and like you create a fake company and you create, you decide like your fake motto and your, your, your mission. And you figure out who your, who your customers are. Like, just like, let's pretend build a company and stuff. And so I, I developed this totally fake eight piece women's or plus size snow line for women. So like, cause I was like, I love to ski. I can't find clothes that fit. Surely I should design for this, you know, lifestyle. And my teacher pulled me aside afterwards and she was like, you need to do this. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, uh, I work in tech. I make a lot of money. I'm miserable because if you know anything about being a woman of color in the tech industry, it's not easy. But I was like, I can't do this. And she was like, yeah, except you need to, because there are a lot of people like you out there and there's nobody doing this. And the ones who kind of are, aren't their own customer. Like you are, like you are your own customer. And that is very powerful. And so I, I kind of sat with that. And I remember being in New Zealand a few months later and I'm hanging out with my husband. I was speaking at a tech conference and we're just in, we're taking a hike in, in beautiful, beautiful New Zealand. And I just said to him, I was like, I'm done with this. Can I just like, I, I just, do you think it'd be okay if I just left all this behind and made pants? And he was like, okay, sure. No problem. <laughs> um, and so that was, that was in spring 2019. By summer 2019, I'd created Alpine Parrot as like an official company. And then by winter of 2019, I put in notice at my job and February, 2020, I went full-time on Alpine Parrot, and then six weeks later, the entire world shut down. So it's been an adventure. Kind of scary time. <laughs> kind of a scary time um, for you. I'm sure that was very scary, actually. Yeah. Like, wow, I just, yeah. At the same time, we can fast forward to now and say it all worked out, so it's okay. It all worked out. Yeah, everything's, <laughs> I mean, it's still working out. Um, it's, yeah, it's an adventure. It's an adventure, but I wouldn't have it any other way, like, entrepreneurship has its ups and downs, but overall it's been up. So it's worth it. Hey fans, I hope you are enjoying this conversation, but an important part of it is a word from our awesome sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Inside Tracker. Thanks to Inside Tracker, I've been able to catch iron deficiency and anemia on two different occasions in the past few years. And with this, I was able to kickstart my recovery to better fueling and workouts without having to coordinate doctor's appointments or wait around for my lab results. With Inside Tracker, I'm able to get my blood drawn whenever I want to and see everything that I want to. 
Personally, I get the ultimate plan a couple times a year to check up on my blood biomarkers and nutritional status. And thanks to Inside Tracker, I'm able to implement science-based nutrition and lifestyle recommendations immediately after results come in with their user-friendly online platform and personalized action plan. This is why I've been able to reverse iron deficiency so quickly, because my health is in my own hands when I'm using Inside Tracker. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store by heading to insidetracker.com forward slash rise up. There's a lot more that it can show you and that you can do with it besides just your iron. That's just my personal experiences. So again, head to insidetracker.com forward slash rise up. That's R I S E U P for 20% off. Back to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And so I think it's just, it's so important that, well, first of all, for your uh, sewing instructor to, to kind of highlight to you, like, no, this is so important. You knew it was, that's why you came up with your hypothetical idea because you knew like, I want clothes that fit me better, you know, and, and to be transparent, you know, your, your clothing line would I hope this comes across the right way, but it would not be for me. So I don't have the same shared experiences with clothing that you and your customers do, but I can definitely resonate 100% with the fact that finding clothes that fit people, fit you is difficult and how important that is with making you feel comfortable in the activities you're doing. And then if you're not comfortable, you're not confident and it can be a barrier to to doing something. Like if I'm not comfortable in my pants, I don't want to go out in public or I don't want to be active and moving because it's like hurting and pinching and I'm insecure the whole time. So I think most people and women can resonate with the importance of being comfortable in your clothes and the population you're serving probably feels that as more maybe a, a more daily reality because I think the clothing industry has not been suitable for them. And so I was wondering if you could, Raquel, shed some light. Um, you have lots of information on your website, but maybe just shed some light on, I think I, I forget if it was on your blog or where I've heard of you speak before, but just like the reality of, of clothing sizes and like how clothes are made. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the yeah. day, clothes were were custom made and tailored to fit your body. And that's just not what we do anymore. <laughs> and that's also why people yeah. are so uncomfortable in clothes because it's not custom made to your body. And so many women then beat themselves up and beat up their own body, say my body's wrong. It's like, no, your body's not wrong. The, the clothes aren't wrong. And that's where you've taken it upon yourself to make clothes that are going to be more appropriate for certain body shape sizes and things like that. So yeah, um, that I don't know if that was a question. <laughs> was that a question? <laughs> I mean, I, I I saw it as an opening, so I'm just gonna kind of yes. like roll on through it. And great, <laughs> no, but it, it's it's totally true. So so just to to be specific here, Alpine Parrot specifically makes clothes in women's sizes 14 to 30 because we found that so couple of facts. The first one is the average American woman is a size 16 or 18. 
68%, so that's two out of every three American women, wear sizes 14 and up. And yet less than 20% of outdoor apparel is made in plus sizes. So it's like, there's a massive population of people who are completely underserved. Wow. And so it's, it's just an opportunity that is just sitting there waiting for someone to take Seriously. it. So I was like, all right, I'll raise my hand. I'll do it. Fine. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite that. That's well, if not you, then who? Right. right. But exactly. it, it is. And that's that entrepreneurial mindset of yours of, okay, if not me, then who? So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and the reality is that there are other brands that are trying to get into this space too. But, but let's, let's back up into kind of, you're posing this question around how, how does, how do you even clothing? Right. Let's, let's, let's call it that. How do, how do clothes even? And, <laughs> and, and I don't think a lot of people understand how clothes are made at the mass market scale. Right. I mean, there's obviously the, the custom tailors who will measure every single angle of your body and every single number and will make the perfect thing that fits you perfectly. And it's basic, but you can't do that for the masses. And so what, what companies traditionally do is the designer, and whether this is for a clothing company or for a pattern like company or, or whatever, the designer has in their minds, this is the ideal person. Like I have this idea of a person who will wear my clothes. And that person, I'm going to find a, a real living human being who matches that person that I have in my mind. And then I will measure them and I will make them the perfect piece of clothing that will fit them perfectly. So that person is called a fit model. And then what they do is they take traditionally, traditionally companies will have their fit model be between a size six or a size eight in women's clothing. And then they will take the, even though two out of three women by size 14 or up. Yes, exactly. See that That's the gap right there. Yeah. That's a huge gap right there. And then what they do is they take that pattern and they will I want you to imagine like taking a piece of paper and putting a big grid on top of it and then cutting along the lines of that grid and spreading the pieces out to make bigger sizes and then overlapping the pieces to make smaller sizes. And so this is a process called grading and people don't actually do it on paper anymore. They use computers and algorithms to do it instead. But the reality is that when you start at a size six or an eight and you're going down to a size two and up to a size 12, you're not distorting it that much. It's pretty okay. But if you're ever wondering like, hey, wait a minute, how come someone with hips might not fit very well? Well, it's because if they started with somebody who doesn't have hips, then they're never going to add hips suddenly to that pattern. Like that would require a completely different pattern or different fit model. Now, if you take that size six or eight and you try to go up to say a size 20 or even to a size 30, it gets super distorted. I, I've had personal experiences of walking into stores, going to their plus size sections, and and like the neckline is too wide, the sleeves are too long, a a skinny jean on the mannequin who's like a size six or eight is somehow a like wide leg jean <laughs> on me, and I was like, what is happening here? And it's because their grade rules are totally wrong, and they're just yeah. they're just just doing like they're just continuing with the algorithm, and that is just, it, it doesn't work. And, and so being the engineer that I am, I was like, okay, that method is broken. So we're going to do things a little bit differently. So at Alpine Parrot, we were starting off in the middle of the pandemic. Actually, it was the beginning of the pandemic when it was really bad, right? I don't know if you yeah. 
we don't want to remember those early, early, early days. They're really, really bad. But like the idea of working with someone within six feet and like, you know, pinching back fabric and cutting things on fabric, like there was no way. There was no way that yeah. I, could, I could talk to another human. So I made myself the fit model. <laughs> yeah. Start with yourself. You know, I yeah. just made, I made stuff for myself. And then, and then I did the grading process like you're quote unquote supposed to. But before going to production, I was like, I'm going to go make sure that these actually fit like real humans. And so I figured out a way to, over the course of two fit testing runs, which took me like six months, I, I put the pants on over 30 different people to really see how did, like, how did these fit? How do they feel? Am I using the right materials and, you know, all of those very important pieces of information. And in the process, I discovered that people come in different shapes in addition to different sizes. Shocker. I know it's amazing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so we developed different fit styles in addition to all of our stuff. So not only did we clean up our, we made our own grade rules because it was like, okay, well, this person, like these multiple people are actually similar in measurements, but it's fitting in weird ways. So we'll just like clean it up and all of that. And so at the end of the day, our clothes, they won't fit everybody. You can't with mass market ever, ever, ever. But we have the ability to fit 80% of the people who, who want to, to try in our stuff. And actually, I mean, people seem pretty happy with our clothes. So we're really happy with that. <laughs> I think 80% is great. Cause like you said, unless you're doing tailored measurements, we can never satisfy every single right. human body. Right? We're like snowflakes. We're, we're all, all different. We're so, all super special and so eighty percent is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, at least I mean, I I can't I can't say for sure because I don't go up to literally Ish. everybody and say you need yeah. to try this on. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would love to, but it's just not my way. But yeah, so it's 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 a fascinating. It's a, it's a perfect engineering problem as far as I'm concerned. Cause it's like, seriously, you know, yeah. hey, let's... like, I'm like, wait, yeah. Who else could have done this besides you? <laughs> because you really took the engineering, mm-hmm. you know, mindset into the fashion industry and yeah. we're really able to figure that out. And yes, you see that on the, on the Alpine Parrot website that it's not just by these pants. It's, we have these different fits which I love your names for them too. It's called the mountain fit and the river fit. Yes. And for your shirts, you have the coastal and the forest. And yes. I would encourage people to just go on the website and check it out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like a, a size. It's like, okay, well, is is my measurement coming from, you know, my my busty chest or more from the skin and fat around my underarm? And those are different fits and comfort levels for people. And so I think that's a really important thing to to take into consideration. And I just think it's, yeah, it's, it's so important to try these things out and help people feel more comfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, we definitely live in a, in a society that just, oh, the fat phobia is really rampant and it's, it's really disappointing, but I think it's important. It's important for us to know our measurements. It's important for us to understand how our bodies are shaped so that we can get that great fit. And, and I know that, and like, we have measurement videos that are very inclusive, very, like, very sensitive. And I know there are some people who like cannot, cannot know their measurements for, for very personal reasons. And that's totally fine too. That's when you, you find a friend and you, you make things work. Like we have, 
a whole lot of different ways of figuring out what the right size is for you. And, and, but just at the end of the day is to remember that <laughs> I tried it. So, okay. Side note, uh, we have, we are actually in a few stores around the country, which is awesome because the best way to know your fit, in my opinion, is to just try stuff on. And so when we launch in a store, I try to go to the store and train the, the staff on the floor. Like what I want you to do is I want you to encourage people to just take a stack, a stack of pants and go into this, into the fitting room and Goldilocks it. Like, don't look at the numbers, just try it on. If it's not your perfect fit, toss it. Next one, toss it. Next one, toss it, you know? And then when you do find your perfect fit, then look at the number and the thing. And that's just your code. That's the code you use to make sure that you are always buying the one that fits you best. That's it. It has no judgment. On I, you. I also just love your process, right? Because yes. that's the opposite <laughs> of what most people do. Most people walk into a store and they have a size that they want to be, think they should be, used to be what, you know, what, comparing themselves to somebody else and like, that person's that size. I want to be that, whatever. And so we go into it with this preconceived notion of what size sh- I should fit. And that's why so many of us have these terrible <laughs> shopping experiences because we're doing it backwards. Yes. It's figure out what, what fits you first. And then that's your reference code. So I think that was a wonderful, wonderful tip. And even just how you said, like, that's your code. Okay. Yep. This is my code. Even thinking of it, <laughs> thinking of it that way is great because again, that, and, and you already gave the disclaimer of there are some people who we have to set boundaries when it comes to things like numbers, sizes. And if, if you have to, for your own health, set that boundary, totally. that's understandable. I would say the same thing regarding body weight and like stepping on a scale. If you never want to know your body weight, like, you, you can remove the scales from your life for the most part, like 99% of the time. And maybe you can do that with clothing as well and just literally never look, ne- all that stuff. But but I think what's really important about what your, your message, Raquel, is that this can also be an empowering thing. Yes. This is just a number. It is not defining us. It really doesn't mean anything. This is just a code for, oh, these are the things that I'm going to feel comfortable in. Yeah. And so it can be empowering to know your measurements if you then know your, it's just a number. And then you have a company that has those numbers available. Exactly. It can be a very empowering thing. And I think that's helpful. I actually want to encourage listeners and anybody interested in your clothing to go on your website. You have a nice little highlight reel of how to, and you have a good video about how to take your measurements appropriately because that's the starting point, right? It's like, how can I wear comfortable clothes if I'm measuring the wrong thing even, right? Or in the wrong spot and just you really present it in such a way that's empowering and makes you feel comfortable doing it too. Yeah. That's, and that's the goal. Right. And and the other thing is like, I want to like, yes, comfort is paramount, but I also want to throw in, especially when you're going outside safety, right? Like you can't be safe mm. if you're wearing the wrong things. That's so true. I will, I will joke. Like I'll, I'll say like no shade on leggings because we don't make leggings. We make hiking pants and, and other gear, but the thing about leggings is that they will only take you so far. It's a great starting point. Don't get me wrong. Get outside, whatever you've got. You know, I, I'm happy with that. But when you're ready to take it to the next level, you can't, you can't climb Kilimanjaro in leggings. You can't. No. It's a bad idea. I was talking to someone the other day who said that she did a thousand miles on the Appalachian Trail in leggings and every three days 
she had to sew them back together <sighs> because they just kept falling apart. And it's like, well, of course, leggings aren't meant to go a thousand miles. <laughs> Especially if if your yeah. body, if, if your thighs touch, and this is not like a judgment, it's just a fact. If your thighs touch, you're going to have abrasion. And I'm being really clinical here. You're going to have abrasion between the thighs and that rubs down on the leggings. And so what's special about our pants is that they're abrasion resistant, specifically because my thighs touch. And I'm like, I need this to, to last as long as possible. So it's it's such a fascinating way of thinking about it. But if you're not safe in the outdoors, you are going to put yourself at risk in the outdoors. And the last thing you need is to be a million miles from nowhere and <laughs> suddenly like be in trouble. So that's, that's another thing that like I'm constantly thinking about. It's, it's yes, be comfortable and let's also make sure you're safe. Yeah. No, that was a really important point that I hadn't necessarily thought of, but yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, a lot of people don't, I mean, when you're anyway, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So comfortable, safe and cute. We all want to feel cute Absolutely. too. So. Everyone wants to feel cute. Let's be cute too. We're already Let's cute. Let's be cute while we're at it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think all, all of that is, is so wonderful. And you know, I, I mentioned to you, you know, we don't necessarily have to talk food on the nutrition podcast, but since you have done so many outdoor adventures, I would be curious to hear. And kind of when I was thinking about like the importance of hiking pants too and not spandex, I'm like, well, you got to store your snacks somewhere. You need pockets. Yes. That's what I was thinking when you, you went safety, 100%. but I was thinking food. I was like, yeah, you can't, there's no yeah. pockets and leggings. I'm like, where are you going to put your snacks? So that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, you're extremely um, pro snack here at Alpine Parrot to the point where during company meetings, I'll like share my favorite new snack that I just discovered. And like, it's just a thing. We're very pro snack here. Because <laughs> going back to the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned how like, oh my gosh, like with camping or hiking, you, you know, backpacking, you need to actually plan this stuff out. And that seemed like a lot of work. Now that you've, you've really into this lifestyle, is that something that, that you enjoy doing a little bit more, like kind of find the fun of like planning out our snacks and meals and things I mean, like that. Or in the same way that I'm really impatient, I'm also a terrible planner. I'm awful at it, but I also like, I'm, I'm a terrible planner, but I also want to survive to come home. So I do, I will do a lot of things like, okay, I'm going to be going this many miles. I should really be thinking about how many snacks am I going to be bringing and, and ensuring that at the end of the day, I have enough fuel to do the adventure that I want to do and do it safely and comfortably, right? Like there are certain foods that are going to make you feel great and powerful. And then there are other foods that are make you feel like, for lack of a better word, gluggy and slow and moody. And so learning what foods make you feel what is a very important part, I think, of just the human journey of, of living our best lives. And, and so like knowing what snacks you need, how many of those snacks, how often to be eating that I think is, and it, it, it's very difficult. Like this is a, it's, it's a sensitive topic. I think for a lot of people, because this idea of, of restricting food is very not what we want to be doing. In fact, if anything, I want to create a culture of like enabling food, like when you're hiking, you need to enable food as much as often, as much as possible, because like you're burning so many calories 
and I hate the C word just as like everybody else, but like fact, your, your battery, like if you just think of it in terms of like your human battery stores are going down as you go up the mountain. So you need to fuel yourself so that you can make it to wherever you want to go. And so you can make it back. <laughs> and that, that's a huge thing when it comes to a lot of these things too. It's, it's making it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, when we start something, we can feel good. We're energized, whatever, but it's, it's the trek back that dehydration kicks in, inadequate fuel. I'm slowing down now. It's taking me twice as long to get back as it did to get out there because I'm, you know, low on energy now. And so that's where, you know, yes, in like thinking ahead of time of how to fuel and nourish my body to do the thing that I want to do with my body. Yes. You know, like yes. this is an adventure and experience movement activity. And you can't do that without appropriate fuel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing that I I want to, the thing that makes me nervous sometimes is that there's a lot of weight talk and, and like people are like, Oh, I went on this mass adventure and I lost so much weight. And it's like, okay, we don't need to talk about that part. Let's talk about, did you feel your body enough? Did you, did you do what you needed to do? And, and if your body changes in the, in the span of an adventure, that happens. That's what happens, right? Like bodies change constantly, but I don't want to push anybody to think that they need to change their body or they should change their body or anything along those lines. Instead, take your body as it currently is in this moment. It is perfect. Let's make sure that whatever you want to do as you move forward continues to honor that body that is taking you there. So that's, that's how I think about food and nutrition. And just like, I'm not a calorie counter by any means. I do, however, think about it in terms of like, I'm going to need th these types of snacks at this frequency in order to sustain me at the rate that I'm going to be going. And that is very yes. mathematical. And my engineering brain is like, okay, I get it. I can do this. And I know some other people are going to be like, I just want to go on the adventure. And it's like, you can <laughs> after you figure out what you're bringing for your food. And then, and then you need to figure out how to make sure that the bears don't eat it. So. <laughs> oh, I know. That's a whole nother thing. It's right? a whole other thing. Yeah. We don't have to yeah. get into that, but it's a, uh, there's a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate your comment about, you know, the fact that as you do these activities or outdoor things, like bodies might change because bodies do change. I actually have a client who's a through hiker and experienced that and, and then struggled with that. And that's why she ended up being a client of mine because figuring out her nutrition and relationship with her body after going through something like this can be challenging and in her case, she actually might come on the podcast soon. She's been cool. talking about it. So I won't, you know, I'll save it for my listeners. But in her case, honestly, the body changes that she experienced wasn't even healthy, right? Because there, there was undernourishment and it, and it hurt her in the end, yeah. right? And so yeah. this idea of fuel my body to take care of my body so that I can use it in the way that I want to and have this wonderful experience is, is the reason why it isn't, you know, it is important to think about it. Absolutely. And kind of plan it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, and, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it just comes down to honoring this vessel that's taking you places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right by it. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So your, your <laughs> pants have pockets for our snacks. We got that covered. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. The pockets are clutch. <laughs> got to bring the snacks. Um, yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Well, Raquel, this was just, I think, a wonderful conversation. I appreciate what you are doing to get people, giving people the resources so that they can get outside and get active. And we know how much this has positively influenced your life. And so we hope that by having clothing for more people and showing them that they can do this too, maybe people that have been underrepresented, you know, and thinking like, oh, that's, that seems too difficult for me to get into that. No, you can do this too. And maybe Alpine Parrot provides the clothing to help you do that. So just thank you for the work that you're doing and the resources that you're providing for, for people and, and all of that. So I have uh, some final questions for you um, (laughs) that I ask all of my guests. If there was one food that you could eat every single day for the rest of your life and never get sick of it, what would it be? I mean, I love pizza. I love pizza. I'm born and raised New Jersey and I just have very strong opinions about pizza, but like there's so many varieties of pizza. It's like, it's a total cop out because there's so many different types of pizza out there (laughs) that if I could just be like, yep, I'm going to have pizza for the rest of my life, but I don't say what kind of pizza, then (laughs) I can have whatever pizza I want. Yeah. It's, it's probably, it's probably pizza. It's a fair answer. Chocolate. Yeah, that's or a fair chocolate. Answer. It's one of those two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're both definitely up there on my list as yeah. well. I think pizza is a great choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite sport to participate in yourself? Is it still skiing or? Uh, yeah, it's definitely skiing. I'm going skiing this weekend. I'm like, I, I love skiing. I get super excited about it every season. And I, yeah. Definitely skiing. <laughs> love it. How about as as a spectator? Is there a sport that you really love watching or cheering on from the sidelines? Oh my gosh, I haven't been to a sport in a really long, like a team sport in a very long time. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have to be team. You can expand the word sport if that helps at all. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I know, I'm trying to think. Like I think about like the Olympics and what I like watching at the Olympics, and yeah. I think what gymnasts can do is incredible. And then there's something so soothing about curling. I don't know why, but it is just so soothing. <laughs> oh, I love that answer. <laughs> I mean, I don't even understand half of it ever because it's just not something I grew up with. But I'm just like, what are they doing? Why are they sweeping? And it's just, you just like sit and like, if there's no voices, it's just so soothing. Like the, mm-hmm. the sound of the rock because it's, anyway, I'm probably using the wrong words too, but. <laughs> I don't, I actually don't know much about curling at all. So I'm right there with you, but it is funny those. So sometimes how the things that, you know, we find so interesting are things that we don't know much about. And so it's like, oh, I want to watch that. I think this is impressive because we don't know, you know, that much about it. So yeah, I I like that. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then our last question, if there is a a female athlete out there that you want to give a shout out to for being inspirational for any reason, this can be somebody well-known or somebody in your personal life. Who would this be and why? Oh, goodness. That's so hard. There are so many incredible athletes out there. Can I do a group? Yes. Is that an option? So I am uh, an ambassador for a brand called Coalition Snow. And the other ambassadors in that group are just these incredibly rad humans who... Everybody on that team is of different levels. Like there are people who've been skiing since they were like negative six 
all the way to people like me who started a little bit later mm-hmm. and we'll go on these, on these ski, like just ski outings. And I'm always so ner- like, I remember the first time I was so nervous because I was like, I'm the worst skier out of all of these people. Some of them legitimately compete at in, like professional competitions. Mm-hmm. And yet I felt like one of the gang. It was so cool. Like I might have been the slowest, but they were sitting there at the chairlift waiting for me. Like they were like, no, we don't leave without you. And I was just so just the Coalition Snow Ambassador team is just the raddest, raddest group of humans. And yeah, I love them to pieces. So that's that's my favorite. I I know it's not one, but it's like No, I love that because I think it really it's great. And um, shout out to them. And also, I think it really expresses the importance of, you know, communities that are welcoming. Yeah. And got you, you know, excited and, and passionate and made you feel a part of it. And and I think that's so important. I mean, I also like all the different places that I've moved in my life. Like my favorite thing to do is let's just go find a local running club, you know, and just, you know, and, and for the most part, they've been pretty welcoming. I've had a, a couple hangups, but like, it's been nice to just like, oh, great. That's your avenue to, to enjoy something is yeah. when the community itself is so welcoming. So yeah, definitely. Definitely. Amazing. Yeah. They've, they inspire me. I love it. <laughs> love it. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Links will be in show notes. Your website is alpineparrot.com. You are at Alpine Parrot on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And I think if you go to your website, you have a newsletter you can sign up for yes, as well. Definitely. Stay up to date. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. Lindsay, this is super fun. <laughs> Fans, thank you so, so much for listening. But before you go, I don't want you to miss out on things that I know you need. First, if you need help overcoming nutrition concerns, perhaps something we talked about in this episode, look no further. You have your female athlete specialist in sports dietetics right here. So head to my website, www.riseupnutritionrun.com and book a free call with me to learn more about how I may be able to help you. My flagship program, the Female Athlete System of Transformation, aka the Fast Track, helps female athletes overcome disordered eating and perform at their highest level. The life-changing transformations that we help clients with don't just happen by listening to podcasts. It happens by taking action with people who are guiding you to your goals, aka me. So call me, head to the website, www.riseupnutritionrun.com and book it in. Take action, overcome your nutrition struggles as fast as possible. I am here to help. Second, don't forget about our amazing sponsors, Inside Tracker, insidetracker.com forward slash rise up for 20% off. Also, we are supported by Orgain. If you are an athlete in need of a quick fueling option with clean, good ingredients, look no further than Orgain. I absolutely love their ready to drink whey based shakes for post workout on the go. As a listener of this podcast, enjoy 30% off your first order with the code RISEUP30. All caps, RISEUP30. Last, if you are a dietitian, coach, or health professional needing a platform to manage your business, coordinate with your clients, invoice, communicate, and more, look no further than practice better. Get a 14-day free trial and 20% off your first four months by clicking the link in the show notes and using the code RISEUP20. I've been using practice better for four years now to manage my business, and I promise it's the best way to manage your practice. 
look, lady, since you are doing all of those things for you, my last request, if you're willing, is to do something for me. Please head over to our ratings and reviews. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a positive review if you like this podcast. And please tell a friend about this amazing podcast or an episode that you think they need so that you and others around you can be fierce, fit, and fueled. Until next time, fuel fiercely.